Did you recognize the song? <laughs> Seems like we just sang that recently. Those guys are good. They can just pick whatever last song we sang, and they can just come up here and play it, just like that. But uh, it does say that there, uh, there's uh, those seraphims in the presence of God. Uh, we, weren't, we weren't repetitive at all this morning, uh, because there's, there's those there, uh, angels in the presence of God. That's all they do perpetually. Say, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Uh, because you can't emphasize the holiness of God um, enough, uh, let alone too much. And uh, so thank you, uh, gentlemen. For, uh, thank, uh, thank you all, the, the gentlemen uh, leading the music and, and special music this morning. is great. Let's go to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. <clears throat> series we're in right now is um, Jesus and good people. Jesus and good people. And we're seeing as Jesus uh, interacts with with human beings, uh, um, God showed himself in the form of Jesus Christ becoming a man and dwelling amongst us. And uh, God demonstrated his character very vividly, um, very openly, very uh, precisely in the person of Jesus Christ. And it is a very interesting thing to, to see how Jesus interacted with people. And we're looking especially right now how he interacted with those that most people would call good people. Good people. And these are great messages for, you know, I guess we call the Sunday morning crowd. You've chosen to be here. You live in the state of Maine, vacation land, with all the options that are available to you uh, this morning. You made a good choice. You made a good choice to be here and, uh, and to learn from the Word of God. And nobody would say on that level, you know, on that level, that there's not good people here. Uh, I would assume on a Sunday morning, you know, that humanly speaking, um, you are good people. But Jesus has some things to say to you, good people. And uh, when Jesus talked to people, we've seen, you know, consistently that he used three primary uh, methods, one especially. Jesus uh, use the method of comforting people. When people needed comfort, Jesus certainly brought that comfort. And that does show us the nature of God. He is the comforter. And, uh, and Jesus also confronted people. You know, the, uh, the Bible says that, that God's word is like a two-edged sword and it has a way of discerning, you know, our thoughts and our intents. And it, and it confronts us where we need to be confronted. It's a mirror. Um, it's a fire, the Bible says. And, uh, and Jesus, as the living word, he certainly did confront people at times. And he was very, I guess we'd call, straightforward and blunt uh, when needed uh, there. And we need that sometimes, don't we? We need to be confronted. It seems like Jesus, most of the time, though, it's kind of his default approach was challenging people, to challenge people. You know, Jesus was never interested in just bringing up, uh, about mere conformity. That wasn't his approach. He wasn't just looking for conformity. He never brought a spirit of condemnation. A spirit of condemnation is one that likes to just, you know, tell people how bad they are, but not bring any solution. There's no love there. There's just condemnation. It just leaves it there, right? Jesus did not bring condemnation. And Jesus was not interested in controlling people. You know, what gratification is there if you think of, of, of relationship of meaningful relationship, what, what, what level of gratification would there be if it's all about control? If a person is just being controlled in that relationship? 
That's the, the, that's, the, uh, um, that's the approach of a lot of human beings. You know, they feel whether they're insecure or whether they have a false concept of God, whether there's just something that's gone wrong in the heart of an individual, they feel like, you know, there's meaningful at some level to control another person. You know, this one, that wasn't what Jesus was looking for from mankind. Could he have done that? Certainly. He could have programmed us and controlled us from the very beginning. But Jesus has a heart of relationship. He wants to lead us to truth, challenge us with truth, confront us with truth, and even comfort us in a way so that we desire to have a friendship with Him. So that we are, as it were, wounded to Him. We're attracted to what we have in Him that we can find nowhere else. And so it wasn't about mere conformity. It wasn't about control. It certainly wasn't mere ceremony. You know, Jesus, he didn't want, he wasn't trying to just lead people to another ritualistic uh, ceremonial religion. There's plenty of man-made ceremony that at the end is meaningless. There's plenty of, of, uh, of man-perpetuated ritual that doesn't really connect with the heart. And Jesus, if there was a ceremony, what did he always do? He led people to the spirit of it. He brought it alive as to what the real meaning of it was. He didn't just leave it at, at, at that level. And uh, so, not con condemnation, not control, not mere conformity, and not uh, um, just a simple ceremony. And so Jesus does challenge good people. If you're a person that uh, desires to know more about Jesus, well, he's here to challenge you a bit today. And he's here maybe to... Uh, maybe to break up the comfort a little bit of, of where you are. You know, when Jesus talked to people, a lot of times he did make them initially uncomfortable. Why? So they could get to another spot that was better for them. Right? If you're too comfortable in the spot that you're in, maybe you're missing on something a lot better that Jesus wants to kind of, you know, prod you out of and get you to that place. And uh, if you look at Jesus in the concept of the good shepherd, study Psalm 23. What's the good shepherd always trying to do? Get his sheep to a better place, right? He's restoring them. He's nurturing them. He's leading them. He's getting them to those places where they can be strong and full of vitality and, 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 and fruitful and, uh, and fulfill their purpose. And so let's look at a little more uh, today. We looked at, at Jesus as, as he talked to good uh, people. Uh, he, he said to good people, you know, you're often proud and self-righteous. In other words, in, in, in your pride and your self-righteousness, you're, you're just about outward conformity. And then secondly, we saw that he talked to, to good people, and he said, you know, sometimes you're hypocritical. Again, you're about outward conformity for the eyes of man. You're about ceremony. You're about something that is really dead at the end um, and that leads really to, to, to condemnation. And that wasn't, wasn't where Jesus wanted them to stay. And then uh, today, we're going to, for us people here here today, Jesus wants to challenge us, I believe. He's led me to this. You good, dedicated person, you're often busy, but not really engaged in your busyness. Or let's put it this way. You're busy, but you're missing the heart of why you're busy. Let's pray. 
Let's pray. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd help us now as we look at your word. Lord, I pray that you would open it up to us, that you would challenge us in a way that we need to be challenged, that we would not uh, um, stay the same in areas where we need to change here this morning. We thank you for your love for us, that you care enough to help us in these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's look at Luke chapter 10, starting verse 38. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Now Martha is a good person, humanly speaking. You know how I know? She's, she's welcoming Jesus into her house. I mean, anybody you would see being hospitable to Jesus, you would say, that, that's a good person, right? And uh, so she received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. And so she's being attentive to Jesus. Now, oftentimes, you know, you, you see compared the actions of these two sisters here. But the point of, this, of, this, um, of this, this narrative here isn't to compare their actions. It's to compare their hearts. You see, receiving Jesus into the home and serving him, that was a good action. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, being attentive to him, listening to him, having a conversation, that was a good action. They were both good actions. But with one of them, there was a problem in the heart. And you look at that and you say, well, how could, how could we go wrong if we're interested in welcoming Jesus and if we're busy serving him? We're busy. We're making the preparations. We're waiting on them. We're expending energy. We're keeping the wheel moving. How could that be wrong? Well, see, Jesus always sees the heart of the matter. And what he's going to do here, he's going to diagnose the heart of Martha, and he's going to diagnose the heart of Mary. And he has some things to say about that. The one he challenges, that's good. <laughs> Stay right where you are in that heart right there. Keep it up. And the other one he challenges to say, hey, look, you need to make an adjustment. You need to make an adjustment there. And so it says uh, here, but Martha was cumbered about much serving. Now that's a, that's a serious word there. There's a hindrance here. And the very activity in which she was involved in, she was being hindered, she was being cumbered. Her activity and her, her, her expended, expended energy there was actually a hindrance to something that needed to go on in her heart. That's very interesting, isn't it? Because so many times you hear, I mean, the preaching is all about, you know, do this. Keep doing this. Do more of this. Work, Christian. Serve, Christian. Get busy, Christian. Hey, that's all great, but you know that sometimes your busyness can be a hindrance? It can just be cumbersome to where God's really trying to take you? And here it says, Martha, she was cumbered about much serving. How do we know she was cumbered by her service? Because out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? The mouth speaks. What was in Martha's heart now is going to come out through her mouth. And it says here, and she came to him and said, so she comes to Jesus, she's serving Jesus, she's making preparations, and she says, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. 
Now remember, Jesus is not about condemnation and Jesus is not about control and Martha has both things happening here. She's pridefully looking down at her sister saying that if she, were, you know, if she was interested in doing what's right, she would be doing the things that I'm doing right now. She'd be working alongside of me. She would be doing it my way and she would, she would be doing what I'm doing. And then she said, Lord, dost thou now care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Help me to control her. <laughs> That's what she's saying. I, I can't seem to get control of my sister. God, uh, Jesus, would you control her? But Jesus could see right through the whole situation. He could see that Martha's heart wasn't right. And so it says here, Instead of controlling and condemning Mary, instead Jesus addresses the shortcomings in the heart of this good person. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, 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 you're a good person in the eyes of man. You're busy. You're serving me. You've received me into your house. Martha, Martha, thou art careful or full of care, right, and troubled about many things. And the word care there is, you know, you're... You're, you're, you're anxious. You're fretting. Right? You're disturbed. You're worrying about this. Martha, if your heart is in tune with me, if, where you're, if you are where you're supposed to be in your heart right now, are you going to have this anxiety? Are you going to feel like you've got to control your sister? Are you going to be upset because she's not doing what, what you're doing? Are you going to be condemning of her because you don't think that she's as, as busy as she should be? Martha, what's going on in your heart? That's the question right there. What is going on in your heart, Martha? That's what he's saying. They are careful and troubled about many things. How do we know that Martha was cumbered or that she was being impeded in her heart of being where she should be in relation to the Lord? Well, because she was troubled. She wasn't at peace in her heart. And, and, and Jesus sees right through that. He says, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part. Now again, he's not comparing what they were doing. Look, I have no doubts about it. If, if Martha had been serving with the right spirit, for example, if she had said this, I'm going to continue making these preparations so that my sister could be more at ease sitting and talking with Jesus right now. You see, that, that would have been totally different. I'm going to do this work so that somebody else maybe can benefit by being closer to Jesus right now. I am being close to Jesus in my heart right now in what I'm doing because I see the big picture of how God wants to use this in the lives of others. That's exactly what Jesus was saying here. He wasn't comparing what they were doing. He wasn't saying that Jesus sitting there listening to him was any better than Martha making preparations. What he was saying was, the heart is different there. And Mary has chosen, look, I mean, this is what Jesus is saying. If I had to choose, are you with me? If I had to choose between somebody who's doing all kinds of stuff, but in the wrong spirit, compared to someone who's just sitting here, attentive to my voice, connecting with my heart, you may think, well, nothing's going to get done that way. But I'm saying, if, if I had to choose, you know, the Mary, Mary, Mary gets it. 
Mary gets ultimately what it's all about. And so Martha could have had the same good part by staying connected and the right spirit in her heart in what she was doing right then, with the right motives and with the right spirit. Now, why, why am I going to this passage? Because Jesus is challenging good people here. <laughs> He's challenging Mary to say, Mary, I want to encourage you. Mary wasn't perfect. You know, there's other times we see Mary question a little bit where God is, where Jesus has been. And, you know, but he's saying right now, you have chosen the good part. You have chosen something ultimately that can never be taken away from you. You know what he's saying there? Even the attitude of Martha right now can't take away what you have invested with me right now. Even the, the, the wrong spirit of somebody else who's, who's an active Christian who maybe has a critical spirit, has a, has a condemning spirit, um, is not peaceful in their spirit, that, that they cannot take away from the one who's at peace with the Lord and is in communion with the Lord and is walking closely, heart to heart with the Lord. And here's the beautiful thing. Mary had chosen that, and so could Martha. It wasn't that Mary was any better than Martha. It was that the choice was there, and everybody then is accountable to make that choice. Good people in church, good people need to be challenged as to what their heart, their spirit, and their motives are. Jesus did it. And Jesus is doing that with us today. Christian, what's your attitude? Christians, what, what is your demeanor in relation to, to the rest of the church family? That You know, I, I, I look at it this way. Everybody here is looking to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ and stay in that process at one level or another. Are we for each other in doing that? Are we, could we be a Martha who maybe looks around and says, man, I, I feel like I'm a little more busy than a lot of other people in the church here. I didn't mean to look right at you, Martha, when I said that, but uh, your name is Martha. Uh, but Martha does not have this attitude, okay? Uh, could it be like, like, like Martha to say, hey, I am doing a lot, but you know, I look at my church family, and it's kind of like all for one and all for God here. <laughs> and I have to trust that the Lord is working in other people's hearts too, and really what, they're all, what we're all striving for together is just to become close to Jesus. Choosing that good part that cannot be taken away from us. You know what can be taken away from us? Something that we build continuously, intricately, with all the plans, and it's all made out of wood, hay, and stubble. And then ultimately, when it's put to the fire, the test, it all goes up in smoke. That can be taken away. That's pretty scary. You know what that tells me? That there's a lot of people that expend a lot of energy doing things, but when it was done in the wrong motives and the wrong spirit, it doesn't hold to the test. It can be taken away. Mary has chosen that good part that cannot be taken away from her. It's a beautiful thing. It's a great challenge. One thing is needful. Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. And uh, you know what he's saying to, to Martha? I'm not going to let you take that away from her. <laughs> You're trying to take that away from her right now. You're trying to make her feel guilty for her heart being close to me. I'm not going to let you take that away from her. And, uh, and so, you know, I mean, hey, 
It's appropriate right now. We've we got a lot of energy, a lot of work that's going into this week. Christian, always keep your eye on the big picture as to what you're doing. Now, I think these people go travel around with the sowers ministry and go from one project to another project to another project, and, and it's always new places, new things to do, and new challenges. You know, I think what keeps them going is, is, is remembering, I'm doing this for Jesus. This is so other people come and use this campground, this conference center, this retreat center, you know, to, to sit at the feet of Jesus and to draw closer to Him. And I'm going to stay close to Him in these efforts so that others can as well. Look, when you keep that vision, nothing can take that away from you. Nothing can steal the joy of what you have in that. That's the good part that can't be taken away from you. And, uh, and so uh, Jesus challenges us um, in that regard. I read a book recently. It's called Passport to Heaven. It's a very interesting book. Whenever, inevitably, when we go on the mission trips, if we go on a mission trip of Mexico here the first week of uh, August, we'll see young men um, who have crisp white shirts on, black pants, and a little name tag, you know, elder uh, so-and-so. Sharp-looking young men. Um, they're called missionaries. And, uh, and, they're, and they're, they're in the midst of two years of going from the comforts of where they live, putting aside their aspirations for making money, comfort, whatever, going to a place and they're being missionaries for, for, for two years. And so this young man that writes this book, his name is Micah Wilder. I'd encourage you to, to, to get a hold of the book. Um, it's called Passport to Heaven. Um, he was one of those missionaries. He was one of those young men. And he was supposed to go to Mexico, but he end, ended up having a physical problem. He ended up in, in, uh, in Florida. And uh, when, he, when he was there, he, he, uh, he saw this church, and he thought, I'm going to go to that church, and if I, if I as, a, as a Mormon missionary, could, could uh, um, convince that pastor of that church to become a Mormon, then he would lead his whole church to do that, too. And then he said, I could go down the lore of, of, uh, of, of Mormon missionaries forever because I did that. So that was, his, that was his goal. So he goes in there for a service and he tells, you know, he goes in there with his sidekick and they tell the pastor, you know, basically what they're there to do. And the pastor says, well, come on in, you know, we're going to be studying God's word today. And then, then he sets up an appointment with them and, uh, and they're all excited because they have this appointment and they have, they have it all spelled out, you know, the, uh, what they're going to go through. They have the formula that pretty much they give to anybody, and they, 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 get, they get really good numbers from, all right? So they're thinking, this guy has given us an audience. Well, it doesn't go exactly the way they think that it's going to go, all right? Because when it comes down to, even though the pastor is very gracious, and he's very kind, and he's very loving to them, he shows them, you are representing a different Jesus. Now, they take great offense to that. And, 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 and so, the, so the, the preacher challenges them to do this. Look, read the New Testament from beginning to the end. Just, you know, Matthew through Revelation. Just read that carefully. You guys are smart, young men. You believe the Bible is God's word. Yeah, that in the Book of Mormons. Okay, then read uh, Matthew through Revelation. Just read that very carefully. And then come back and talk to me again. Well, this guy, Micah, he reads it, and then he reads it again, and then he reads it again, and he starts comparing what he's reading there to that which has been added as other scriptures. And it doesn't really, you know, you can see that, that one is, it's either one or the other. And then the gospel just starts 
flaming out of the passages to him. And he realizes that it's all about a love relationship with Jesus Christ. Because they've been driven. They've been duty-bound and driven as these young missionaries to get the numbers, to keep the wheel going, to keep the machinery going, to work, 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 serve, serve, serve. And what he sees, in the, as he reads in the New Testament, he sees that what is, what is missing there is a heart relationship with Jesus Christ, a love relationship with Him, not by works, Lest any man should boast. And that's what the meetings were about. They were boasting about how many they'd reached, how many they'd gotten in there, and how many, you know. And, and it, was all about, it was all about man's efforts. You want to do the quick test? The quick test is always this. Man's efforts put side by side with the completed work of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's always the quick test of what is truth. And all other so-called religions and isms and ways of believing and thinking are always man-centered. Biblical Christianity is always Christ-centered. And always leads people to a love relationship with Him. And uh, get a hold of that book, Passport to Heaven. And, and it is amazing to get it from their perspective. You know? Hey, look, Jesus. Jesus loves people who are teaching false doctrine. And He's working to reach them. He was with this guy. If you read you know, all the ins and outs of all the story, it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, but then he ended up getting, of course, kicked up. He got booted out of the, the, the so-called church there because he was teaching salvation by grace through faith and he was teaching about a heart relationship instead. Now let me tell you this, okay? Let me tell you this. There's a lot of the spirit of works religion in Baptist churches many times today. You see, we're quick to say, well, that's a cult and that's a cult. And, you know, we can, we can sniff them out and we can say that's bad and false teaching and, uh, you know, away with them and, and, and so on and so forth. But a lot of times we have kind of the same spirit. We have a spirit of comparison. We have a spirit of feeling like, well, if they were really measuring up, they need to be doing this. We have a, we have a spirit of, of, just, of just activity. And doing more. And more effort. But effort and activity and doing more is all about man-centered religion. And it doesn't belong in biblical Christianity. Without the motive of this is all for Jesus Christ. For His glory. To further His kingdom. To help others have a connection with Him in their heart. For me, whatever he calls me to do, because we are to be busy, we are to go, we are to build, we are to be doing, but it's all in the context of our love for the Lord Jesus Christ and walking with him and being empowered by him and not losing that good thing that Martha was missing out on in her service. And so let's go to Matthew 7 and we'll conclude here this morning. A good person... You know, Jesus is challenging you today. He desires a genuine relationship with you for you to follow him with a heart of love. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 20, we have some sobering words. It says in verse 20, Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Well, so the right now, if you're thinking, well, you know, I can look and see if this person is doing the right thing, and then I'll, I'll know. Jesus always goes to the heart of the issue. He always goes to the spirit of the issue. 
not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. So right there we can see, well, it's not about saying the right things. And I've grown up around Christianity, and I know all the, the, the terminology. Okay? I know how things are supposed to be said. I know what, what sounds Christian and what doesn't. And as far as, as being able to say, you know, Lord, Lord, in the right way and, and, and all that, and, and none of it's wrong per se, but if it's, just a, if it's just veneer, if it's just a facade, what's it worth? Right? And he said, look, there's, there's a lot of people that are going to say, Lord, Lord, and shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Now study sometimes what the will of the Father is. I'll hold that for, oh, for next week. The will of the Father. Because again, right then, you know what you're thinking? You're thinking works. You're thinking works. What is the will of the Father? Well, Jesus was 100% pleasing to his Father. The Father wants us to look at Jesus. The will of the Father might be totally different than what you and I are thinking today. But anyways, it says here that he doeth the will of the Father which is in heaven. Many, now look at this. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Not only did we do things, we preached. In thy name we cast out devils. We did good things. There was a lot of activity. Look, prophesying in the name of God, that's, that could be a great thing. Casting out demons? I mean, who could say that's not good? And in thy name, we've done many wonderful, what's it say? Works. works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. I never knew you. In other words, what's the emphasis put on here? A personal relationship with Jesus Christ. A heart's relationship with Jesus Christ. And the sobering fact is that we can be involved in a lot of activity like Martha was and totally miss out on that good part of what it was supposed to be all about. Wow. Jesus loves us. Jesus knows who you are. Jesus wants to help you. Jesus challenges good people. And we need these messages. I need these messages. Look, you know, I mean, in a, in a very real sense, let me put it this way. I'm hired to do things here. <laughs> if I'm not careful, I just look at I have these responsibilities because I'm paid to do it. And if that's all it is, and I miss out on knowing Jesus day by day, walking with him, seeing the reality of what this is all about, having communion with Him, talking to Him along the way, just walking with my sweet Jesus, the Lord of my life, the one who saved me, the one who's making preparations for me, the one who's given me a certain amount of days here with purpose and meaning, the one who loves me like none other, Jesus Christ. That's the good part that nobody can ever take away from me. And a lot of people will try to take a lot of things away from us. And maybe they can, but they can't take that. They can't take that. And uh, I'm so glad that Jesus challenges me with these things. And he kind of jolts me back to where I need to be sometimes. And so in the busyness, and summer's busy time, you know, church and, and things we're involved in. Look, all the ministries, all the programs, all the building, everything here is about Jesus Christ. And tools 
to help people have meaningful relationship with Him. Let's continue to prayerfully work together uh, for the greatest of all causes. Let's pray. Lord, I do thank